Oh, good evening, cheeky monkeys. Are you ready to embrace the sock? Hey everyone, I guess we gotta take that Meyer clip out of the opener, eh? <laughs> Solid call out, jerk. Hey, show 186 here. Welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored commercial free sharks podcast. That is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA. Remember, you can keep us commercial free by using that super chat option during the live shows. Better yet, find us on Venmo at Teal Town USA. And if you're new to the cast, hit that subscribe button here on YouTube. And dude, big shout out to all the cool Devils fans that joined us last week after they stole our best player. Cool peeps, man. How you doing, Jerk? Uh, I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> Embracing the suck, my brother. <laughs> hey, this is right where we uh, right where we want them. I know we say it we say it to be funny, but there's a a lot of truth to it. A method to the madness, if you will. Yeah. So the Sharks played three games this week. Oh, crap. I didn't do our other spiel. Hold on. Uh, we have social media, blah, 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 blah. Everything's Steel Town USA. Thank you. Okay. So three games this week, picking up a total of zero points. Did you know the Sharks lost by a combined score this week of 16 to 7? Good. Oof. <laughs> so 63 games played and the Sharks have 48 points. They're on pace for 64 points, but we'll see if we can't get that to fall. The Sharks have managed to fall last in the Pacific division. That's right. Anaheim has now taken a little bit of a lead 30th of 32 teams in the league by points percentage right now. Only two points ahead of Columbus. The San Jose Sharks have a game against Columbus before the season is out. Lose that game, boys. Lose it. Not only that, but one point ahead of Chicago, and Chicago has played one less game than the Sharks have. Uh-huh. I'm saying it, baby. Uh, this week, the Sharks can't hold another lead. This Good. time against Montreal. And then against St. Louis. And then against Washington. Did, are you seeing a pattern here? Uh, can the Sharks set a record? For most losses after scoring first? Let's find out. Uh, we also have some trade deadline moves to kind of recap for you. Uh, Eric Carlson's thoughts on rebuilding. Gary Bettman's idea on fixing the regular season schedule, which we've already fixed. I wish Gary would just pay attention to us. Uh, a decent week for the Barracuda, not the best, but uh, there will be more besides that. Let's start off with the Montreal game if we must. Uh, Bonino, miss you, buddy. <laughs> Stole the puck from behind the net, found McDonald in front, one nothing. And at that point, of course, if you're a fan of the show, uh, you were going, well, I wonder what team McDonald's going to. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, the, I mean, the story of this one, dude, like, EK, Hetty calling out EK, coach calling out EK for his, whatever, offensive flub, defensive flub. Fact of the matter is, Quinn goes, at the end of the day, you give up a two-on-O to basically lose the game. Yep. You know, Carl Carlson, he he shot his shot, and it did not work. And look, you know, high-risk, high-reward player. 
Uh, and then the other story in this one, of course, is that Mikey Acemont would be benched because of a bad penalty that he took in the second period and he was taking too many penalties. Uh, but no, allegedly. Him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he'd also drawn eight minors. So the differential wasn't bad, but either way, dude, he got benched and then he got traded the next day. So who cares? Right. Well, I, I just wonder, and this is just me speaking out loud. I, I wonder if Greer had called, you know, sent Quinn a text during the mission. Like, oh, hey, Hey, we like, don't, we don't want we're, this guy we're, getting injured. we're cooking over here. <laughs> yeah. Have him grab some pine meat. We're working over a little something here. Yeah. I said a, a, attendance for this one was eleven thousand four hundred. Not even close to that. Not even. Close. I think. I think maybe if you include the players and the building staff, yeah, potentially. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, the Sharks would then move on to face the Blues. Reimer gets the start. The, the St. Louis lost five straight road games. They mm-hmm. came in on a six-game losing skid. And the Blues were 7-0-1 in their last eight versus San Jose. The last time the Sharks played the Blues, St. Louis was on an eight-game skid. So, of course, you know what happens. Nothing cures a losing streak like playing the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, which, again, <sighs> is perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like, it, it's all it's all going to come back ra- around, right? Like, you know, when the, God willing, when the Sharks turn this thing around, you know, I ideally you know they're going to be uh collecting on on all of these uh these real generous donations they've made this year hell yeah uh to big bird saying tickets sold yeah it's tickets sold not tickets scanned that's you know tickets distributed i I was gonna say i think saying tickets sold is a bit generous because you have to think there's some freebies in there oh yeah so it's tickets distributed uh, the fact of the matter is that there were tickets for $3 on game time for this game. Epic. Dude. Uh, Barabanov hitting a career high. Dude, 12th goal. And one to remember, dude. I mean, Chief came in down the, you know, the, <laughs> right into the slot from the right boards, kind of just kind of bobbing and weaving, if you will. Well, I was, you know, I was really nervous that that goal was going to get him traded because as, <laughs> as we've talked about, you know, with trade deadline season, especially in a year when you have a, a generational talent that's available, you know, teams tend to get rid of anybody who's doing well for them. And so I was, you know, I saw that goal and I'm like, dude, like, it's like, be cool, man. Like, <laughs> cool it. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing too much too soon. Like, can you wait a year? <sighs> Telling you, and then but can we can we, like, and I have to ask you this, like, say it. Are we like? Say it, baby. Say it. He he's played 150 NHL games now. Are we past the small sample size thing? I am, because I I'm you're still seeing people on Twitter. I don't know well, why people like that guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was the only guy to, who scored like m- multiple goals this week. I guess not even that, but just like like I just. We we talk about it so much. Like I'm having a hard time finding any flaws with his game whatsoever. Maybe yeah, you'd like him to shoot the puck a little bit more, but whatever. Perhaps. Like that's I mean, why you put him with guys who do that. Yeah, maybe grow three inches, put on ten pounds. <laughs> but for what he is, dude. Like it, it, we've talked about it before. Guys who play above their contract. Is there is there a guy on this team that is playing further above their contract than him? 
I would love to. I, I'm going to have to fire up the athletic and see if I can get one of those cards that tell you what his what his dollar value is. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Uh, Ricky asking, how do you feel about the rumor that the Sharks turned down a second for Barabanov? What, where's this rumor? I heard nothing uh, of there, it. It was not so much a rumor as much as it was like a, I guess, a whisper. You could say like. There were team. There were teams uh, support according to I oh. believe it was fourth period. Basically, debating internally: is this a guy we want to look at? And you know, surprisingly, like I mentioned earlier, you know the Sharks seem to be in a position to get in, uh, in a position where they're getting rid of anybody who does anything good for them. Um, and you know, by all accounts, they said no, we're good, we're going to keep him. So I kind of feel like that might give you a little indication as to well, Bar- what they think about him. Barbie's like twenty nine, right? He is 28. He'll be 29 in June. Yeah, so, I mean, if they were going to throw, like, if he was 26, I'd be like, no, you keep this guy. But, you know, at pushing 30 here, a second would have been a nice return. Would have been nice, but he, But the you know thing what, is, dude, Barbie plays the right way. Well, <laughs> but you know what, though? I, I and I, we kind of debated this Um I don't know if you saw or not, but you know the uh, the couple days leading up to the trade deadline, the the Teal Town Discord was very lit, as they say. As a kid, and say. Uh, yeah, and pretty much universally agreed that there are teams out there that would have paid a first for this guy. Whoa, you know, yeah. so could have been there. I kind of feel like from that perspective, if that is to be believed, which I think it's the case. But dude, <laughs> I would have been like, eh, I'm good. Second, no thanks. You talk about found money. Suamela, bro. Well, and <sighs> and if you just if you you know do the just do a quick math, right? Like he's he's scoring at a pace, you know, if he hits 82 games, that's that's 57 points, which is awesome. I mean, like it's found money. That right, found money. Just what you gave up to get him, and that's the output you're getting. Number one, number two. Guy is making two and a half million bucks for this year and next year. Yeah, and his card has him rated at like double that value, like a two point five million dollar player who's playing like five point two. Yeah, I mean, it, he should it, be getting LeBanc money, and LeBanc should be getting Barbie money, if that. Well, and and you know by by all indications, you know I don't want to speak out of school here, but by all indications, like. This is where he wants to be. You know what I mean? Like, I feel, trade- yeah, dude. I feel like Barbanov's just kind of like, you know what? These guys took a chance on me or whatever. I'm, I'm loyal to the, you know, I'm dancing with the one who brung me. Hell yeah. Right. Well, like, you know, he, he takes the trade, you know, gets traded here two years ago. And again, by all accounts, he had said to his agent, hey, San Jose, that's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, plays nine games here. Yeah, I'll sign the one-year deal. No problem. I want to be here. Well, that's and like, then you remember that's last where I want to go because I know I'm getting top six time there. Right. Well, and you remember, <laughs> and you remember last year too. The there was a lot of smoke around him at the trade deadline. You know, are they going to trade him? Are they going to sign him? And we we even talked about it. Right. Where if you you know if the Sharks you know if they keep him past the deadline, then you know Barabanov has all the cards. Yep. And and even in spite of that, took the team friendly deal to once again stay when he very easily could have gone anywhere else. Love it. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't want to insinuate anything, but you know, Barabanov after next season, so that's summer twenty twenty four, he's gonna be a UFA to be again. 
I would bet money it doesn't get that far. Nice. I I would I would guarantee that. Oh boy. <laughs> Let's finish off the St. Louis game. I mean, it, they finished the first up to nothing, finished the second down by two. Give up I mean he gave up three in like ten minutes of the second. It's just second straight game that Ferraro and EK give up a two on O the other way. Uh the and the here's the the another funny part of this. Lorenz gets a shorthanded goal. The Sharks are over on the power play. Th- this team over like the last nine games have scored more without you know being down a man than being up one. That should tell you about how this season has kind of gone. The best part for me, of course, was during the post game. Curtis Brown saying something along the lines of. Uh, you know, I'm not sure why this is happening at this point of the season, these guys making these mistakes and whatnot. And I'm going, wait a minute. You're the same guy that said when you play games like this, oh, burn the tape. I'm like, no, man. Clockwork Orange that shit and learn from it. Right. You know, f- f- figure out how Booch Nevis had four assists. Like, what did you, what part did you play in that? <laughs> uh, so, look, it, and then it just got worse when Washington comes in. Kakinen goes back between the pipes. The, uh, the Caps come in. Now, they'd sucked. For those of you who didn't hear the, the broadcast team talking about it, uh, Ovechkin's father passed away, so he took bereavement leave. I think he missed like four games, and Capitals lost every single one of them. Uh, Caps were 3-7-0 and oh over their last 10 coming into this, and... The note that I had coming into this game was if the Sharks lose this game against the Capitals, and there was every reason to believe they would, they (laughs) will have lost to every team over a seven-game homestand. Lost every game to every team outside of the playoff picture, and the only team they beat is the team that is actually firmly in a playoff spot, and they shut that team out no less. It's, it's just so it's sharks. weird how things happen. <laughs> so sharks. Well, and and how many games have we seen even this season? Right, like, uh, you know, I think back to that game against the Kraken. I guess it would have been a week or two ago, where the Sharks looked really good in that game. You know, they got the uh, they the, got the, four, the thirty minutes. Four yeah, well, they got the 4-0 victory, and I'm like, that is as convincing of a Sharks win. That and when they played the Capitals on February the 12th, you know, I'm like, you know, Capitals obviously are not going to the playoffs this year, but they've still got some hitters, you know what I mean, some good players. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that, it's like, man, like, man, they really stuck around, you know, with these with these teams, right? And then to your point, you know, they 8-3 to Washington, you know, collapsing a lead. 6-3 to St. Louis, collapsing a lead. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's a pendulum, dude. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> well, at, at le- hey, at least the Sharks scored a power play goal. I guess that's the one thing you can take away from it. I think it's the, what, their first power play goal in 19 tries. So there was that. But, I mean, oy, oy, oy. Uh Eklund gets the call up because... This is the first game after the trade deadline expired. What'd you think of Eklund? Uh, you know, I mean, he played well. I don't, I don't know that he was got an assist. Like, 
yeah, you know, got an assist, pull, got the uh, ability to pull a nice little spanorama move there. I don't think, you know, I don't think he was any more impressive than uh, anybody else that was on the ice. But that's a good thing, right? The last thing Low you bar. want is your. That's the last thing. The last thing you want is your prized prospect getting completely caved in in their first game back, right? Mm. So, you know, I thought. And maybe this sounds negative, but I promise it was not meant to be negative. I thought he played good enough to stay, you know? For at least nine games. You know, preferably nine. Yes. No more. <laughs> no more. Let that ELC slide out although, one more year, baby. Although, but here's the other thing, just to be the contrarian on it for a minute. You know, so let's just say it doesn't slide for fun. Say he plays 10 games. And... In two years, you know, at the end of twenty four twenty five, when he needs a new deal, I, I don't, th- I'm not seeing it a jump to eight million. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So even if it doesn't slide, I don't think it's the end of the world. But obviously, the preference is to slide, slide it. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Uh, Hurdle would score a power play goal. I'm trying to remember the last time he scored even strength on a man net. I can tell you. Um, was it this year? It was January 11th versus the LA Kings. Oh, almost two months ago. Well, either way, Hurdle scored on a man net. So, I mean, little little victories, I suppose. Uh, Barabanov, again, was your lightning rod of offense this week. Shimmick injured. We saw Kanijov and Chichek get called up, so they'll be making a uh, trip to Winnipeg tomorrow. But this is another loss in a game that they scored first, had a multi-goal lead. But uh, I think what everybody wants to talk about is uh, Quinn losing his shit. on their third power play of the afternoon. He just kicked him out of the game here, David Quinn. And they'd had some words earlier over the Logan Couture missed high stick in the mouth from Dowd off the faceoff, and that's it for David Quinn. He's been ejected. He's had enough. He's absolutely had enough, David Quinn, as we can see here. He keeps his cool. I haven't seen him blow a top all season long. No, this is, this is the first, the first time. time. Yep. So the Sharks head coach will head to the dressing room. So, there you go. I mean, uh, what do you think? Do you like seeing the uh, the emotion? I absolutely. I mean, when you, the way I've always looked at things is, you know, nobody likes being nobody likes being mad or angry or upset, right? But the way I look at it is like if you if you're that pissed off, then you must care, right? Mm-hmm. Although <laughs> and, he, to be uh, to be fair, he did say in the post game that he was embarrassed by that and that he was going to try not to let that happen again. But I was just like, which, dude, I, I mean, it's heat of the moment. The the officiating was a little sus at times. And I know they were down to one official. And look, you want to put a positive thing on this? Uh, Look, on the West Coast, we typically call it a line, right? When you have to wait in line for something. Okay. On the East Coast, sometimes they call it you wait online. But parts of Canada, parts of Europe, you don't line up, you queue up. Mm -hmm. Right? The other thing is, 
San Jose has a pretty large neighborhood of Vietnamese people. So when you thought he was saying, fuck you, he was actually saying, fuck you, that he, he was wanting to line up for soup. That's what it was. I don't have the, uh, I don't have it. Are we done? Should I hit the outer? Oh, I, I, I tipped <laughs> over I put and you, died. Yeah, I was going to say, so. I put you to sleep on that one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, it, it, dude, I was fine with Quinn doing that. And no, the, well, it, it's a it's a balancing act because I understand, like, especially in a public environment, you don't want to blow your top like that. You don't want to, like, you don't want to, you know, get too carried away with trying to blow someone up. I understand that. But at the same time, like, you have to show that you care. You have to show that you have a pulse. And so, you know, I don't, I don't think he went over the line per se, but again, I could, you know, I think anybody in a public environment, you don't want to be the guy who's on film yelling at someone else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody laying into me over the bad joke. It's fine. It's fine. I don't, I don't hit them. They're not all winners. People, <laughs> uh, they, they called this one a sellout. Bullshit. But again, tickets distributed, not tickets used. It's fine. Whatever. So that's that's uh, the, the wrap of a shitty week, I suppose. They got four games this week. If they win one, I might I might roll over and die. <laughs> I mean, uh, from, from shock. Uh, Hero and zeros this week. Um, I'm going to start with you. I mean, how do you not go with Alexander Barabanov? Then like, you probably do it. How? Like, he's, we talked about it a lot this season. Like, just when you are a bad team, you know, it's easy to get, you know, disillusioned and, and, and all this kind of stuff. But guy, he shows up. He We've talked about playing with a pulse, right? He shows up. He does what he needs to do. I mean, he, you know, gets, he gets things going offensively. Now, obviously, you know, it, you know, pretty much, all of last week, you know, not really a whole lot to show, but you know, this week, uh, he had three points in three games, which, you know, is best on the team. Uh, and I, I, I just, I, again, I have a hard time finding anything negative to say about him. I mean, he, he generates offense. He, you know, he, he's not the most physical guy, but he's not someone you can push around either. And it, it feels like, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, it is not going well for the Sharks a lot, but when it is going well, it's largely because of him, you know? Mm -hmm. And I like the comment here from Jesse. Uh, I wasn't able to sneak down to the glass on Saturday, so it was more full. (laughs) The thing I think is it's only sneaking if somebody cares. You think anybody would care right now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My hero for the week, it's uh, going to be all the the people involved in the broadcast crew, whether it's... uh, you know, Brody and Brown, Hahn and Hetty, Ramenda, Ruzanowski. It's 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 gotta suck to come to work <laughs> and know that this is going to happen, but you're you're still relied upon to bring the energy, uh, bring some positivity to it, and it can't be uh, an easy task some days. So broadcast crew, you get my heroes for the week because that's I I've been in a situation where hey. <laughs> Look, man, you're like ah. Oh, I, I remember when I had my uh my time DJing. There were 
there was going to be a couple nights where it's like, ah, this night is going to suck. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's hard to get motivated for that and, and bring it, but you still got to do it. Uh, so yeah, broadcast, broadcast crew, you, you get it. So. Can, can I, th- I know, I know this is breaking the rules a little bit, but can I throw in an honorable mention? Oh, whip it out. And I know, you know, before, oh, hey, before you say it, baby, here, say it. <laughs> honorable mention for hero. And we'll obviously you're going to get into it down the road here. I thought Mike Greer had a good week. Like, obviously, trade deadline season, right? And you look at the technically five, but really only four of them had major implications. You look at the five trades that Greer has made since our last show. I don't have a problem with any of them. Yeah. You know, I thought they were all I thought they were all good trades in their own right. And, you know, we've been very critical of the job Greer's done so far. And I think deservedly so on a lot of counts. But this past week, you know, pretty much since I would say Monday or Tuesday, which was when the first trade of the week happened, Mm -hmm. I thought he's hit on every trade he's made after the Timo Meyer trade. And so, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but you do you do have to give props. Sure. You know, absolutely. It's easy to dump on a guy all day. But, you know, where are those same people when the guy does good? Right. Oh, dude. How many times? Where are the Martin Jones haters now? (laughs) (laughs) I bet you all secretly have a Joner. Those people. Oh, man. Nope, no, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, Big Bird calling out the uh, the warm up sweaters, acknowledging the those were cool, dude. I thought those were hella tight, especially the uh, font kits on the back. There's a lot of there, you know, there are a lot of good. There were a lot of good warm up jerseys out there the last little while. I know the the Coyotes had one. I know the Golden Knights had one as well. A lot of a lot of really nice stuff out there. Sure. Uh, my zero for the week, Kevin LeBanc, bro. I mean, stick taps to you for uh, becoming a father. That's awesome. But, Chief, you got no points over your last five games. You're a dash five. Just you, you're unable to <laughs> you're unable to stick in the top six. And look who is in the goddamn top six right now. It's not a murderer's row. No, there's plenty of opportunity there. Dude. I mean, you... Johnson, Zetterland, you can't be better than either of those guys. Whatever. <laughs> uh, did you do your zero? I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I went back and forth. I, I think it's there's a lot of guys who are strong candidates, right? I mean, I think James Reimer is a good candidate only because, and I don't like to kick a guy when he's down, but very obviously bummed out. He didn't go anywhere at the trade deadline. Yeah, hey, keep but... your notes on your own paper. <laughs> but you know, maybe if you wanted to go somewhere, you know, better stats would help you. I think. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, you know, oh, I'm bummed I didn't get moved, dude. In the last seven starts, you got an eight seventy five, right? <laughs> Your goals against is three dot seven two. The last time I looked, not a lot of teams going. Oh, have you seen those numbers? Let's get that dude. Right. Hey. I think. You know, I I think in the name of, you know, honorable mentions and all that kind of stuff, like, again, I said I thought Mike Greer had a good week, but it I, I don't like, you know, what happened. So, you know, every team, they can retain up to three contracts, out, three salaries on a contract at one time. And he left himself some wiggle room. Well, but but the, the Sharks found a broker for Benino to keep that third retention slot open and then 
slick play. Didn't use it, but didn't use it. Yeah, but so it's, I'm like, it, what's he the wants play to, here? Yeah, because he wants to save it between now and the draft. But, but okay, which I, to a degree I understand that. But here's the thing: <laughs> to be fair, no, like I totally get it. You know, I, I I think if you're playing the long game, it I I understand it. Oh, right? Dude, but here, we're all playing the long game. Have you seen this roster? But here's the thing. Here's <laughs> the thing. Friendly? though. Let's but okay, so let's say it's June twenty eighth, right? And we're on the draft floor and we're saying, Hello, you know, uh, let's make this trade. It's gonna be really awesome and we'll retain salary. But and you know, let's just say hypothetically, say the sharks moved LeBanc or Reimer and they use that third retention slot. If I come to you and I say, Hey, you know what? On June twenty eighth, I'm like, Hey, let's make this trade, but and June twenty eighth is a Wednesday for those who don't know. Hey now. I wanna make this trade, but do you mind waiting until Saturday? When my Timo and my other retention slot open back up, I guarantee you zero GMs are going to be like, "Oh, we can't wait three days." Guaranteed. Eh, you know. So I'm ways. just like, "What's?" I understand wanting the flexibility, but it just doesn't make sense to me when those retention slots are going to okay. open up Jerk. three days after the draft. Jerk. What? <laughs> it 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 is possible that Greer was just blowing smoke. But that makes question. it even worse because it's just a dumb maneuver then. Ah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Talk about it. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into uh, Mike Greer's week. Um, who? Who? Uh, let's start off with the acquisition of prospect defenseman Henry Thrun. Yep. Uh, from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for San Jose's third round selection in the 24 draft, once his season is over, the Sharks will have until August 15th to sign him, or he becomes a UFA. So if the Sharks don't sign him, Greer gave away a third-round pick for a guy taken with a fourth-round pick. <laughs> you know, but it sounds, based on everything, it sounds like like all they're waiting for is to like get him here so he can sign it. Right, and and uh, again, I'm of the belief that Greer wouldn't have made this move unless he thinks or he knows that Thrun is going to sign an entry-level contract. And, uh, I mean, you just look at it, right? I mean, he's got uh, 90, uh, 96 uh, games played uh, at Harvard University, and um, he's almost a, you know, almost a point-of-game guy. Not quite there. You know, he's at 79 points in 96 games, but... Like, that's really impressive for a college defenseman, I think. And, you know, I I know there's a lot of, you know, dialogue on, you know, other college defensemen the Sharks have taken a chance on. I mean, Brinson Pashnut comes to mind, who I liked in college, didn't really work out at the pro level. But a lot of people kind of, surprisingly, choosing to be optimistic and saying, hey, you know what, you you give up a third round pick for, you know, a guy who could potentially be the next Matt Carl for you. I think that's a good gamble. And as long as it's not the next Ryan Merkley. Right. And, and I, I don't, I, I know people are a little nervous about giving up a third round pick, but this is one of those moves, right? Where yes, you're giving up a third, but if you draft a guy who's 18 and then wait three years for him to make the NHL, or you just trade for a guy that's 21, good chance he makes it sooner. Right. And, Mm. I like the upside. I thought it was a, a savvy little move there by him. All right. The Sharks. The, okay. <laughs> Pay attention. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> this one This one takes an elevated level of comprehension. Yeah. So <clears throat> the in a roundabout way, Winnipeg put 
a draft pick on the waiver wire and the Sharks claimed it. <laughs> I so, <laughs> I don't see I don't see a negative about this whole sequence of events. I don't know about you. Oh, it's so fantastic. So the Sharks trade Mikey Acemont to Tampa. Now you remember the Sharks just 20 games ago claimed Mikey Acemont from Winnipeg after they put him on waivers. Mm-hmm. They end up trading Mikey to Tampa for Nemestikov. Yep. And Tampa eats half of the salary. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, for those of you who follow on social media, Shane goes, I'm stumped on this one. Whereas our resident jerkman goes, oh, dude, he'll, he'll, he's getting flipped tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so you were right on top of it. I love well, the, I love the fact too, like they, somebody, I don't know who it was, but somebody who, uh, you know, creates the graphic stuff or what they basically put a mock-up of a Jersey. It said, Oh, Nemestikov will wear 90 for the San Jose Sharks. And I was just kind of like, I bet he doesn't. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and I, you know what, I'll be honest with you, dude, if, if the Sharks didn't have a game between this trade and the next Nemestikov trade, like if they, if they didn't have a game there, I would bet you that the Sharks don't even issue him a Jersey number, but they had a game. He's on the roster. Yeah, you it's have a transaction. Officially scratched him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, it, when it came across, you know, it, it definitely looked a little bit quizzical just on the surface, right? But when you you dig into it, you know, I mean, Nemesnikov, he's he's a pending UFA, which are of no value to the Sharks, no matter who they are. And so, I don't want to say it was an easy leap to think that this would be a flip, but. I, you know, it, that's not something that's like a crazy, I guess, assumption to make, if you will, you know? Yeah. So, and guess what? <laughs> it happened. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, this is, this is quality. Well, the, here's, here's the funny thing about seeing them trade Acemont when you're in the moment because they get a quote from the Sharks captain Couture saying he played hard, played on the inside, four strikes, four checks extremely hard was tenacious on the puck. Like, literally, Couture here is using all the things that Mike Greer talked about at the beginning of this season. Uh, To continue on Couture's quote, it got the rest of us going on the forecheck because Mikey was always going really hard. He played the right way. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm getting real sick of hearing that. But either way, it was was quizzical to hear all that. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If this is a Mike Greer kind of guy... How are you moving them for? Well, and and there's a little bit of you know there's there's a little bit of 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 a deep you know look that has to be taken here. So if you go on Cap Friendly, it they list Mikey Asamont as a pending restricted free agent, which is not technically wrong, but in uh, in order to it has to do with you know years of service and your age and all those kinds of things he would have to play between now and the end of next season he would have i'm sorry the end of this season he would have to play 35 regular and regular season and playoff games in order to retain that RFA status if he plays any less he becomes what's called a group 6 UFA which is basically when you're a certain age and you haven't played enough games so even though he is technically a pending restricted free agent had he stayed on the sharks the rest of the season he wasn't going to hit that number and so he would have converted into being a UFA so you trade him to Tampa Bay. There's about 20-ish games left in the regular season, and you think Tampa's going to go 
on some kind of a playoff run, right? So more likely that he hits that 35 threshold with the Lightning than with the Sharks. So Mm -hmm. technically an RFA, but was going to become a UFA if he had stayed on the Sharks. So uh, again, quizzical on the surface, but when you really dig into the inside baseball of it, I thought it was a smart trade. And I I, I got a kick out of... uh, you know, I had seen a couple of people saying, well, why didn't, you know, he, why didn't we keep him and, and continue to develop the kid? And I'm like, well, the kid is 26. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, he, that's, uh, you know, once, once you start seeing players whose birth year start with a, a one, it's not, you know, you're, you're trending the wrong direction. Right. So <laughs> again, it starts off with taking AC Mont off Winnipeg's hands when they throw him on the waiver wire, play him 20 games, flip him to Tampa for an Amestikoff. As I said earlier, Tampa eats 50% of it. And you go, wait, what? What What is going on here? And then Greer says, oh, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) The only, really quick before you go to the next part, the only, the only way I think Greer maybe could have improved on this deal, which kind of hard to say, because this was a good deal all around. If I were Greer, I would have been like, you know what? Don't retain salary on Nemesnikov and just kick us a draft pick to take the whole salary. Mm. Even if it's seventh. You know what I mean? Who gives a shit? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Seventh round, sixth round. Who gives a shit? Right. Oh, man. Good business regardless, though. Yeah. So then we get Nemesnikov going to Winnipeg. And the Sharks get back a 2025 fourth round draft pick. So for those of you playing the long game, the Sharks mm-hmm. picked up AC Mont from Winnipeg on waivers, played him for tw- got 20 games of service out of him, and somehow it all ends up going back to Winnipeg and the Sharks getting a fourth round draft pick. That's dude, you talk about great asset management. Well, and and not only <laughs> like that, but Greer, you get all the cookies on that one. <laughs> well, and, and there's a lot of conversation, too, about, oh, my God, it's in 2025. That's so far out, all this kind of stuff. But I kind of like the flexibility. <laughs> when has Winnipeg had a plan? Well, I, 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 <laughs> like the, I like the flexibility of getting a pick two years out because it allows you to kind of read the tea leaves a little bit and see what you want to do. You know, you can you can bide your time and, you, you know, once at the end of next season, you know, once – you know, players for the 2025 draft are starting to get scouted. You can say, okay, we got a fourth round pick here. You know, do we think anybody's going to fall in that range? Mm-hmm. Or option number two is maybe six months, 12 months, 18 months from now, maybe the Sharks have a, a, a potential trade cooking and they're say, hey, you know what's going to get this across the finish line? A fourth. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know what I mean? So I, I like getting it two years out because you have, you have two years to figure out what you want to do with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, so I you, like I like the flexibility of that. Could you guys hear Toby hollering and wailing over there? I, I did hear him. <laughs> Shut the crap up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw something at you. So that's how that one goes. Let's uh let's go to the Benino deal. This one has a uh, a few more devil in the details, if you will. Wow, there's a lot going on here. Bit, yeah, I was gonna say, can you can you do, do you have your uh did you bring your Dakota ring to the show? Uh, <laughs> uh, I did somewhere. Uh, I believe it was, oh, man, I want to say it was Pashelka had put out the kind of the full breakdown of the, yeah, here we go. So, and I'm just, I'm reading it as the sharks explained it to the media. So <laughs> sharks trade Benino and a 2024 fifth 
to Montreal for Arvid Henriksen. And there's not a lot to say on this guy. He's a Canadian college player who's got like, I think he has three goals in like six years of playing, you know, amateur or, um, or I'm sorry, not amateur, you know, college junior hockey. So this is a throw in to make the contracts work. I fully expect, or I'm sorry. Yeah. Make the roster, you know, size work. I fully expect this player to not sign a deal at all. It's just a throw in. So then the sharks turn around and they send Tony Sund to Pittsburgh for a fifth, uh, 2024 fifth and a 2023 seventh and the 2024 fifth will become a 2024 fourth if the penguins go to the uh, conference final i was told there would be no math right and then simultaneously bonino was traded by montreal to pittsburgh for tony soon so if you just take it to its to its simplest form the sharks got a seventh for Benino. That's in its simplest form. And I know, you know, and, and technically they, I think with their fifth, with, you know, giving their fifth to um, uh, Montreal and then getting Pittsburgh's fifth, you know, maybe in the 2024 draft, you know, they, you know, they get a seventh this year and then maybe their fifth next year moves down, I don't know, 10 spots or something for Benino. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of people who were freaking out and saying, oh my God, this is nothing for Nick Benino, but we watched Nick Panino play this year. Frankly, great guy, hell of a guy. He wasn't very good this year. And so I think even, you know, you get a seventh and you slide your fifth down maybe 10 spots in the draft, I still say that's a win just because, you know, Benino wasn't bringing all that much to the team. You know what I mean? Like, Well, let me, here, hold on. Let me ask you this, though. Why, why did a third party even need to be involved? How do, how do was, the Sharks just not work out a deal that says... Hey, Pittsburgh, here's Benino. Give us a fifth. Thank you. And our business is concluded. So uh, there were cap implications for Pittsburgh that needed to be done here. So whether it was a third party or whether it was a retained salary from the shark situation, one of those is going to happen. But the the third party, it, it it is a bit quizzical to me only because, you know, Greer said he had wanted to he wants to keep that third retained salary slot open. For those who don't know, Burns is one, which will drop off i believe in three years from now and timo meyer is number two which will drop off uh, at the end of this season and so greer said he wanted to keep that third retention slot is open uh open just in case but like what well, like i was saying a few minutes ago he didn't do anything with it at the deadline so what's the point like at that like i would have rather taken the fit because in this situation the sharks got a fifth and then from pittsburgh and then flipped a different fifth to montreal I would have just taken the fifth and the seventh and eaten half of Benino's salary myself if I was Mike Greer. Mm-hmm. PJ48 in the chat saying, I think this was more uh, about getting Benino to get to a place he wanted to go than getting the most they could for him. I can see that a little bit. That, like, also true. Yeah, yeah he's, he wanted did, to do he, right by him. Yeah, that's exactly what Greer said, too. He said he wanted to. Same thing with, you know, Burns. what. Uh, yeah, same thing with Burns and even what, you know, Doug Wilson and Joe Will did for Cogliano last year saying, Hey, where do you want to go? Cogliano said Colorado, and they said, "Okay, we'll send you there." Uh, and uh, that last I looked worked out pretty fucking well for Cogliano. Yeah, seemed you know I I heard they did the Avalanche did okay last year. <laughs> yeah, so I'm uh, at the very least, it it seems like you know Vegas kind of has that you know reputation that mm-hmm. that you could be shipped out at a moment's notice, and you might find out on Twitter. 
Whereas San Jose has this reputation now that's, hey, you know what? If things aren't working out, they at least do you right. Well, and they're, and they're I not going to uh, Alan Walsh sword you in the back, flurry style. Right. Well, and I and I think the position the Sharks are in, like like it, it's funny because I'll, I'll I'll let you in on a little secret. Throughout the course of the season, the people who were saying that Benino was not very good and needed to go are the same people that are. I can't depressed. believe we got rid of Benino. No, 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 not no, not that. They're depressed because they're de- depressed because of the return the Sharks got, and so. Oh well, don't you know? Every time a player has moved out from San Jose, it should always be for a number one pick. But but it's so much more than that. Like how? <laughs> like just objectively, how can you? You know, if if we're taking these people at their word, objectively, how can you expect a guy that air quote sucks be worth anything? Right. Mm-hmm. And I kind of look at it as, you know, Benino was going to be gone anyway. Yeah, his value too. was his value wasn't that high because of the season he's had. And it's all about the future anyway. Getting anything above future considerations is a win, if you ask me. <laughs> Especially if you're ever going to deal with Carolina. Just saying. yeah, and they and they got it. So you know what? That the I think there's that seventh round pick in 2023. I think there's maybe an eight percent chance that that player becomes an NHLer. But I'll, I'll tell you this, between you, me, and the fence post, I'd rather have an 8% chance than a 0% chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Couture in the chat saying, more draft picks, more, quote-unquote, flexibility in 24 and 25. Nonsense. Greer is running on the spot, not developing teams for future considerations. Draft picks are not worth much unless scouting improves. Uh, to be fair, uh, I agree about the scouting. <laughs> the I would like to see scouting get a little bit better, but that that has been changed. So this is one of those things that we cannot offer our grades really for at least another three years. Right. I I, I think with these kinds of things, DW Jr. got canned less than a year ago. Things have changed. Right. Well, and I think especially with trades like this, where you are getting futures, you kind of have to, I feel like you grade it in the moment, just on the surface. And then you have to grade it. You grade it in the moment on the surface and then you grade it once all of the elements of it have been satisfied. In this case, the two 2024 fifths. And then you have to, and then the third time you grade it is maybe two or three years after the latest piece of the deal has been um, determined. So essentially, you're grading this now. You're grading it in July 2024, and you're grading it in July 2026. Can you wait that long? Because you don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, we're going to. I like the uh, AO asking, what are the chances of EK65 getting moved now? Uh, zero. Now? As in right now? No, that can't happen. The trade deadline's over. <laughs> well, it, it, it can <laughs> happen. such an he, asshole. <laughs> he just would, it can happen. He just wouldn't be eligible for playoffs. Uh, yeah, there you go. No, I think well, we're going to get to the EK thing momentarily. Don't Don't you worry about it. Denver saying there's a theory going around that Greer is not getting good returns in trades this year because he's a rookie GM and hasn't made it to the boys club yet. Right. of passage. Uh, I don't know how much stock I put into that. No, only, I mean, look around the league, right? Most, most of the GMs in the league are newer, right? True. I mean, look at Nashville for Christ's sake. (laughs) Right. Pretty new. You know, you, I mean, even like. I, it would take too long to dig into it, but even just look in the Pacific Division, like 
you know, the... Well, Blake is relatively new. Blake, like, L.A., Anaheim, obviously the Kraken, the Golden Knights, uh, the Oilers, um, they've, and then obviously the Sharks. Uh, Vegas. And, a, and Vegas, yeah. They're, like, with the exception of Calgary Flames... And, and, with the, and with the way things keep continuing in Vancouver, it wouldn't surprise me if they replace the Well, like, but like with with the Calgary Flames, with the exception of the Calgary Flames, I should say, every other Pacific Division GM has been on the job for five years or less. There you go. You know, oh. it's not it's not like Lou Lamorello is bending people over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got it. Uh, Triple G pointing out Pavelski was a seventh round pick, wasn't he? Yes. No, it's a, I will give the scouting department all the kudos in the world for the players that they've taken in the lower couple of rounds. Two through four, you got you got work to do, people. Yeah, but but even then, here's like here's the thing, right? It's it's March twenty twenty three. Like how it how can I how am I supposed to take you not you specifically, how am I supposed to take you seriously when you say, Oh man, a twenty twenty four fifth, that guy's gonna suck. Well, we don't even know who that guy is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, let's move on out of the. Well, I should make the one note, which I thought was really funny. When I saw the name Tony Tony Sund, I was like, why do I know that name? <laughs> and then I'm like, hold on. Is he the stupid son of a bitch who like, played like in a, one or two preseason games and he scored for the other team? And whoop, wouldn't you know? <laughs> Go check out the Teal Town USA Twitter. The, the It's up there. I couldn't believe that. Like the only time he scores in a Sharks uni and it's for the opposing team. Uh, all right. Another small piece of business. And this had jerk. Don't say small. <laughs> I was going to say this had jerk just buzzing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Explain it, man. Reedy for Peterson and a little uh, a little move with the stars. Let me, let me give the audience a little bit of context. The Sharks would trade a 23-year-old for a 23-year-old. That's right. Center Scott Reedy. Six foot two, 214 pounds, goes to Dallas for a center slash left winger. And Jacob Peterson is six one inch shorter, mm -hmm. 181. So solid 30 pounds smaller, but they that could just mean he's faster. But 17 points in 65 games played for Dallas last season. Only one game played for Dallas this season, 44 for the Stars. Uh, so. What has you buzzing on this one? Well, I, I think it, it's worth mentioning right off the top, as it is with with all younger players. You know, this this is definitely it's a it's similar to the Thrun deal. It's it's a gamble. You know, I mean, you're you're giving up on one prospect and taking a chance on another prospect. Right. Mm -hmm. And oh, similar to like Merkley Cout. Right. And and so and, and don't get me wrong. I think Scott Reedy, Scott Reedy's a good little player. You know, he's uh, with the Barracuda this year. I'm sorry, last year and with the Sharks last year. You know, he put up some goals. Uh, you know, he does play with uh, good, intensity. Good boy. Yeah, he plays with intensity, as you mentioned. So by no means is he a bad player, but, you know, kind of uh, kind of a dime a dozen player a little bit. Guy from the um, Guy Factory? Sure. Whereas you go and you look at Jacob Peterson, you know, Peterson played in the NHL last year. He had 12 goals in 65 games, which is pretty solid for a rookie on their entry level deal. Uh, and then Peter DeBorst came in and said, you know what, this guy, I hate him and everything he stands for. And nice. so he got sent to the AHL um, where he's 
only done well in the American Hockey League. I mean, you look 31 points in 50 games total. I'm sorry, 31 points in 51 games total uh, between Texas Stars and San Jose Barracuda. Um, found success uh, in the Swedish Hockey League as well, which to me, and again, you know, Scott Reedy, good little player, but I, I look at, you know, I, I look at success in the Swedish Hockey League as more impressive than success in uh, NCAA. And that's not to say that NCAA is bad, but to me, the Swedish Hockey League, those numbers, they, they're more indicative of NHL potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think Peterson, you know, he, he's got a little bit, you know, he's got that offensive flair to him. He's not going to blow you up for 40 goals, but he, he's got a little something he can work with. He's, you know, I, I don't want to. Does he have jam? <laughs> yeah, you know, again, he plays with intensity. He's a very good uh a very good defensive player, which is you can never have too many of those guys, but it also seems off- that also seems to be a focus of Mike Greer. Like it's, right, it's, which, it's you see a lot of a lot of these moves they seem to be really hyper focused on making something out of the blue line pipeline. Yeah. And and I think Peterson, he's a good blend of, you know, he like I said, he plays with that intensity. You know, he's not hitting everything, but he does hit. Um, you know, he's very smart defensively, good face-off guy, and he's got a little bit of offensive upside as well. I think, and again, we'll see, right? You have, as I said, grade it immediately, grade it after the final key is satisfied, piece is satisfied, and then grade it two years out after the final piece is satisfied. So we'll see. But just on the surface, I I do like uh this deal, I think it's a win for the Sharks. And as Phipps is pointing out, you know, won a championship in the Swedish Hockey League. That's not nothing. All right. I dig it. Uh, let's move on to another little piece of business here. The Sharks have signed Derek Pouliot to a one-year NHL contract for the rest of the season. Uh, he's been with the Barracuda this year on an AHL deal. He was uh, put on waivers for, you know, reasons. Yep. Cleared, and so well, the Sharks put on waivers. Yeah, the, the reasons. <laughs> he clears waivers. The Sharks now have the ability to recall him. So this is another cat who might get a look here in the final 19 games of the Sharks. Uh, th- maybe that's something that we do kind of see. I, I would think it's something that you should do. Is look this season. It's lost. It's It's been not good for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So the guys who have done well with the CUDA and have, you you give them their, their cookies. You know, you did everything we asked of you. And so now instead of uh, having to take a bus from, you know, Fresno to Bakersfield or whatever, hey, enjoy the char- the team charter with the awesome food and the nice rooms and all, you know, all the things that come with being an NHL for a couple weeks. And maybe that'll help motivate you to put in the work next season, you know? So, uh, Pouliot responded by throwing up a couple of helpers yesterday with the, in the, uh, the, uh, the CUDA game against the, uh, was it the, uh, the fire chickens? What are they called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, so uh, no, I'm sorry, it was versus Ontario, but anyway, yeah, and so Ian Reed had pointed out, like, oh. maybe maybe this is a situation where you have Pouliot on an NHL deal, you can call him up, and that'll keep you know either Chichek or Kanijov with the Barracuda, 
And then the sharks leave on their road trip and they bring Kanijov and Chichek with them and Pouliot stays on the Barracuda. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just a situation, you know, it was, you know, there was some question as to whether is this deal for next year or is it for the rest of this year? Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is for the rest of this year, which is why he found himself on waivers immediately after it was signed. But it makes, you know, it makes you wonder you know, is it as deep as, well, we want to have the flexibility to bring up multiple guys, kind of like what you were talking about? Or, you know, could it be as simple as, hey, you've done some really good things for the AHL team this year. We want to reward you here some money, you know? Yeah, something like that always works as well. I know when I see a little extra coin in my check, I, I get a little little uh, motivated to show up to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and he's making, you know, the the thing that I've always appreciated about um, about the Sharks is they, you know, they take care of their guys in the AHL. You know, you'll mm-hmm. see if you go on cap friendly, you can see, you know, minor league salary, 77,000, 90,000, 110,000. Uh, they're giving Pouliot 250,000 to be in the minors. And obviously it's prorated because he signed, you know, four days ago, but that's good scratch for playing in the AHL. All right. Uh, Denver, uh, when it comes to overall trade deadline grades, we're going to get to that uh, in just a minute here. Uh, Trey asking me, what do you think about Marcel Marcel if Sharks don't get Bedard? I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea who the hell that is. If you want the answer <laughs> to that question, and I'm going to shout out, if you want an answer to that question, in our Discord server, we have a prospects chat with a handful of, I would call them experts they're much smarter than i am this year yeah that's a that's a that's a uh, that's a lacy ian mark question yeah i was gonna say those (laughs) those guys you know big shout out to those guys in the prospect chat on the discord they are dialed into all that kind of stuff and they you know they 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 know what they're talking about yeah i'm just unfortunately i'm just not that dialed into uh the the younger guys yet so let's move on here to uh well look we we got into Reimer being disappointed about not being moved. I, I don't even understand that. <laughs> I can't believe they couldn't find somebody to take my horrible save percentage. <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't retain. Oh, man. So were you um, surprised that maybe, uh, and, and not to say that, P, that phone calls were not exchanged, but is there anybody you're surprised that didn't get moved? Like maybe LeBanc or Gregor or someone, or like we, you know, obviously we'd already talked about Barabanov earlier. So I, I'm, I'm not surprised with Reimer just because as you, you had mentioned. The stats, <laughs> I know that you're just and... insanely shocked that McDonald didn't get moved. <laughs> you know, like you said, with Reimer, the stats aren't quite there. And <sighs> the, the goalie market, during the trade deadline is always kind of hit or miss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I am surprised about LeBanc the most. I mean, a little bit surprised about Gregor because I thought the Sharks might, quote-unquote, do right by him. Um, but I don't know. D- he, David Quinn seems to like Gregor now, so maybe he sticks around another year. But with LeBanc... <laughs> Until they fill out the lineup. Right. But, you know, with LeBanc, I am I am a little bit surprised only because you, you look at some of the guys... Uh, who had gotten moved around the deadline. Um, and and again, we're not talking about what they got moved for, just the fact that they got moved, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Nino, Nino Niederreiter comes to mind, which I would say is probably the most closest comparison to LeBanc. And, 
And uh, hold on, let know. me just hold on. Let me just address this really quickly from Jack Olson. No, I am not Matt Gates. Thank you. There go you ahead. Go. Um, you know, Nino Niederreiter comes to mind, and he's the closest comparable to LeBanc that was air quotes available at this trade deadline, and he went for a second round pick, right? And then so you you look around at some of the other players that were uh, were on the move. You know, you look at Oscar Sundquist, Brock McGinn, Jordan Greenway, um, Nick Bukestad, Vlad Nemesnikov even, mm. right? Yeah. Jacob, well, uh, Dana, calling out a, Dana calling out a solid point, too. So there's just not a lot of guys that don't have long term. <laughs> that, too. And so just based on the guys who got moved at this deadline, I was surprised that there wasn't more of a market for Kevin LeBanc, which... And again, I don't want to insinuate anything, but it leads me to believe if they're because the stats are good this year, as we've pointed out, and the contract is not the best, but it's not terrible. And so it leads me to believe if there's something sort of beyond the on ice play that gave GMs mm. pause, you know what I'm saying? All right. And I don't I don't want to insinuate that or say that's the truth, but I'm just sort of openly wondering, you know. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so Denver Doyle mentioned earlier overall trade deadline grade. For Mike Greer, I'd say C minus. Uh, well, at least on the Meyer trade. Yeah, I guess. What's your definition of trade deadline? Uh, you know what I mean? Because so, like in uh, what, about one o'clock Pacific last Friday, because you, you no, know every, I mean, everybody's like, got to get in line for the for the fax machine. No, but what I what I mean by that is if you're saying you know what's Mike Greer's grade for the trade deadline? Well. I mean, are you talking about trade deadline day? Are you talking about the week leading up, two weeks I, leading up? Like, I would I would imagine it starts with the Meyer trade. Starts with the Meyer trade, I would say hmm. Well, let me let me get to what the yeah, experts say, say your thing. Yeah. yeah, let me get to what the experts said if we revisit the Meyer trade. Um <clears throat> one of the athletic writers, uh Sean Gentile, I hope mm -hmm. I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh said Shark C plus, Devils A plus. Corey Pronman, also from the Athletics, said Sharks B, Devils B plus. Okay, everybody needs a hero. Uh, ESPN Sharks C, Devils A. Matt Clark or Mary Clark from USA Today, Sharks D, Devils A plus. Uh, somebody from the Score says Sharks C plus, Devils A. The Hockey Riders, Sharks B, Devils A minus. Larkin from Daily Faceoff, B minus for the Sharks, A for the Devils. Look, the average was C plus for the Sharks, Devils for get an a i'm i'm i don't know i i because i think timo is pretty goddamn good i would mm -hmm. i would probably bump that to like c minus for the sharks and devils a so <laughs> i hate to do this to myself from a week ago <laughs> I've actually kind of come around on the Meyer trade a little bit. <laughs> Dude, and, time, and, and, time heals everything. Well, because here's why, and I won't get super far into it, but that conditional 2024 pick, even if it stays a second, right, that's still two, uh, two top 64 lottery tickets that you've gotten. We'll always take those. You know, Fabian Zetterland, I mean, you know, he's uh, he's obviously made the lineup. He's only 23 years old. There's still a lot more ceiling there to reach. Uh to be fair, it's not like it's going to be hard to crack this lineup when they literally had zero scratches on the last exactly. couple of Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Andreas Johnson, I know he was a cap dump in this situation, but he's not a terrible player. Like if there was a situation where 
the shark said, Hey, do you want to come back for a million dollars and play in the bottom six? I would be perfectly fine with that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I think Muka Madulin is a prospect that a lot of guys, myself included, obviously, uh, tend to sleep on, you know, and, um, you know, I, and then with the other pieces as well, there's just, I think what really fired people up is that there were a lot of question marks with all the pieces that came back. And sure. I still think those question marks are completely fair, but having a to week to kind of having a week to kind of marinate on it and really give it give it a look, I I have come around on it. I don't think it's the best trade ever made. I, I I'm not gonna sit here and say that, but I think if you're grading the Sharks trade deadline going from from the Meyer trade, and then obviously you pick up Thrun, <laughs> you do the Isomont Nemesnikov fourth round pick flip, you trade Benino, you get Jacob Peterson. I would give Mike Greer's first trade deadline with the Sharks. I would give it a solid B. And well, here, I, I would not be that generous a week ago. I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> oh, dude, you were buzzing last week. Uh, yeah. But I mean, hell, let's start from the beginning of the year. You, you claimed AC Mont. You end mm-hmm. up flipping that into a fourth. Uh, you get Chris on Co- its own. I think that's an A plus. I don't know about you. All right, Chris Coelho for Weatherby. A. All right, uh, McDonald and Cout for Nieto and Merkley. A. Um, fourth round, a, a twenty twenty three fourth round pick for Jacob Magna. A. Uh, we've already gone over the Meyer thing. B minus. Yeah, I'm still bummed to lose a player called Hatika. Oh. <laughs> um, but and then as we said, the the Thrun deal, the hey. the whole thing with Benino, everything else that we've covered so far. So, <clears throat> you know, the big shiny object in the room, of course, is going to be Timo Meyer. Mm-hmm. This again, it's going to like there are a lot of people, rightly or wrongly. Uh, that sit there and go, well, the uh, the beginning of the end for the sharks. You can, you know, draw back the uh, the timeline if you want to go, you know, the the Back to the Future. It was on this date when everything started to go wrong for the sharks, and that mm-hmm. date was when they signed Eric Carlson to that ridiculous contract. Sure. Or it's when they gave up all that they gave up to get Eric Carlson in the first place. There's some that feel that way. I'm so, you know, I, people feel however they're going to feel. My point is, let's see if three years, five years from now, the Sharks start experiencing some amazing success. Will we be able to draw the roadmap back to this point in time? That it started with the Timo trade. You know what I mean? I think that's a fair sort well, of blueprint to lay out just because, and we talked about it last week, right? Where Meyer is gone, which to me means that nobody is safe now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, except when, Hurdle. Hurdle, evidently, golden blanket. Yeah, and Barbanov. <laughs> I would hope. Uh, right. <laughs> but but you look at it, right? Like, like oh, all the. the you know, the controversy around is Meyer going to get traded? Is he going to stay? Is he going to sign all this kind of stuff? It was a lot of questions and it was a lot of, well, what are we, you know, where are we going from here? And now that he's gone, the sharks don't have a choice. They, the, the, the best forward on the team, the biggest hole, uh, I'm sorry, the biggest 
provider of offense on the team is gone. You have no choice now, but to whatever word you want to use, you have no choice now. You have to rebuild, retool, reset, refresh, reconfigure, re whatever. <laughs> you have to. And no one is safe. And I think the deadline is indicative of that. I mean, and it's revolting. You, well, and you pointed out, dude, Isomont played the way, played exactly how Mike Greer wanted him to play. But it was very much like I said, hey, you know what? You're playing good and we can get something for you that'll help us in three years. Boom, you're gone. You know, mm-hmm. no one is safe. So, and, and no one should be. Right. But it really, I don't know. There's a, there's a little part that's got to stick with you that just a f- imagine just like a few. It, it wasn't very long ago mm-hmm. that this, this was a team that had, dude, Goose, your man's Nyquist. Yes. We we enjoyed him. Yep. But this is a team that had Evander Kane, Timo Meyer, Joe Thornton, Joe Pavelski, along with LeBanc and Hurdle and Donskoy and Couture. Radil. <laughs> and you just go, yeah, where's the offense gonna come from? Woofa. But I love I love the fact that on trade deadline day, Greer had a uh, media call and was like, you know, uh, well, a Friedman reported, oh, the Sharks don't want a full rebuild. So a partial? I mean, a rebuild is a rebuild. I don't, <laughs> like, well, <laughs> and, and we, dude, we talked, how long have we been talking about this? That this, it was going to get worse before it gets better. And yeah. my. That was like one of the first things we said this year. Yeah. I think maybe last year. And. <laughs> I remember vividly saying that it's, I don't understand what it, like, it's just terrible that the Sharks were the last ones to recognize and realize that they were rebuilding when everybody else could clearly see that was the move. You held on to Jumbo for too long. Yeah. You, you know, other pieces. You, 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 oh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, oh, one little final piece of news when it comes to the uh, Meyer deal. Evidently, uh, Friedman was speculating that uh, Max Verano was initially part of the deal, but uh, I guess Max has uh, an injury, so that's that could be why, I don't know, Hataka went or somebody else. But anyway, uh, moving on to this rebuild thing, though. <laughs> oh, what do you got? I mean, you know, hey, do you want this nickel or would you take five pennies? You know what I mean? Oh, I feel you. <laughs> it it really is the same. <laughs> you what? You want five singles or just a you know a fin? Yeah. Uh, Eric Carlson though, and this goes back to uh, somebody mentioned Eric Carlson earlier in the chat. Uh, Eric Carlson not seeming too thrilled with Timo being moved. He said, "You trade a guy like Timo, I don't think that shows that this is going to be a quick turnaround." Uh, I agree with that. Yeah, uh, I I think we also said the same. Carlson said Monday, it's unfortunate, but I understand it. I've been around the game long enough to understand what needs to be done from an organizational perspective. It just sucks that I happen to be where I'm at at this stage of my career. To not play important games and have a chance to play in the playoffs, it's not something that really intrigues me too much. Uh, In the four seasons since they signed Eric Carlson to the eight-year, $92 million deal, Back in June of 2019, the Sharks are 100, 131, and 37. And when I wrote this for the rundown, 
I don't, I'm pretty sure that didn't include the three losses this week. So, <laughs> so 100, 134, and 37. That's 440 points percentage. Ranks 28th in the league. Carlson has four years left on his contract, and it carries an average annual value of $11.5 million. So he said, you know, oh, it sucks in a way, but like I've said before, my family and I enjoy it here. I've had a good year, and I'm happy playing hockey, but to not play important games and have a chance in the playoffs, it's not something that intrigues me. So Eric, I guess, likes being in San Jose, but it certainly sounds like he'd go anywhere else if it meant the playoffs. And remember, this is the same Eric Carlson that almost two years to the day, March 13th, 2021, Eric Carlson said he did not sign with the San Jose Sharks to be part of a rebuild, which, of course, general manager at the time, Doug Wilson, called a reset for the billionth time. But Carlson said, obviously, I did not sign here to go through a rebuild or go through what I did for 10 years in Ottawa. I, he clearly has selective memory. But anyway, uh, but it is what it is. I think we need to find a way to build with the core group that we have and figure out a way to be competitive, yada, yada, yada. How'd those last two years work out for you, Chief? Um, I'm looking at these quotes. Well, there, I, there's no way Carlson isn't walking up to Greer in the offseason saying, get me the fuck out of here. I, I'm just I'm a little confused with the point you're trying to make because I well, think... It, it, <clears throat> the point being is that two years ago he said I didn't sign up t- for a rebuild. Now sure. he's he's seeing that Timo's getting moved. He's seeing all these picks coming in, and he's saying it's not going to be a quick turnaround. Right. It, it sucks. I want to play important games. So the point being, if you you know take all these little things and add them all up, it's to me it says Carlson's asking for a way out this offseason, and I don't know. Who the hell has taken him? I think all that considered, though, I don't know. Can you really blame him, though? I can't blame him for wanting I mean, to get s- the hell out of here. But to to be fair, if we go back to the who who was the cat from Colorado? I always ask you about that. Like eight cash to uh, to to make it work out for everybody else. Is that McKinnon? Nathan McKinnon, yeah, yeah. So it's like. I mean, in, in I think this also kind of paraphrases, I don't know if it was John Scott or somebody else, but it's like, I mean, Chief, Eric, you're one of the reasons we're in this K-hole is because right. you're getting all the cap. You, you account for like 15% of the fucking cap. Right, but also, you know, the only problem with that argument is that it's, you know, it, it's really easy to make that argument with hindsight. I mean, you go you go back to June 2019, we didn't know COVID was happening. Oh, we didn't know what COVID not. was. We didn't know. Yeah, there I'm was not, be I didn't say any of that. No, I know. But what I'm saying is I, I, my personal belief, I don't think the you take up all the money argument is a fair one to make when I didn't, COVID, I didn't say it was fair. <laughs> I'm just saying well, it's a point that you can make. I, I think it's, a, and uh, I hope you don't think I'm trying to call you out here. I think it's a crappy point to make because you're basically saying, oh, hey, um, because of the COVID pandemic, the salary cap is only at 81 and a half instead of 100 million like it was supposed to be. How dare you, Eric Carlson? Yeah, but the, it, it still goes back to the, you know, to the case of, dude, you're <laughs> because you're getting all this money. We don't have flexibility to sign talent. And and again, this, you know, this is D. Will, D. Uh, D. Wilson. Oh man, D. Wilson. Like, yeah, D. Wilson, yo. <laughs> but that's Dougie's fault. You know, he handed out all these ridiculous contracts, 
and they're coming to bite him back in the ass. And yeah, COVID is is a mother. Uh, but then again, we've things happen, and you see the market react, just as how Doug Wilson got completely raked for the third rounder that or third rounder third pick that ended up being Stutzla. Now you see every pick ever made ever is being protected, and so maybe we stop seeing some of these contracts being so long or there's some way to other put other protections in there i don't know but it was um it it it, my point is i just i i feel that uh and i know nobody gives a shit about my feelings but it's if it's me and let me ask you do you odds of carlson wearing teal next october i put him at about 30 percent I see something Based on like his that, comments. Something like that is so hard to handicap, though, because until we is hear it? other, it is because <laughs> it, until we hear, you know, whenever these whispers first came out, I want to say it was maybe around maybe Thanksgiving thereabouts. Like, you know, from that point till you know anything comes out one way or the other, I don't think you can handicap it other than fifty fifty, just because, you know, it's. There's no way to know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but I, and- I think, but here's the other thing, right? Is so you, you look at the you look at the salary cap and you look at projections and everything. So 1819, it was at 79 and a half million, as we all know. And then 1920 is when it goes to 81 and a half million. The projections were okay, 2021, we're probably gonna be at we're gonna be at 86. And then 21, 22, we're going to be at hopefully 91, 92, 2020, or I'm sorry, 22, 23, which is this season, we're going to be at, you know, hopefully 95, 96, 96 and a half, right? So if you're reading the tea leaves, as we like to talk about, and you're, again, this is a pre-COVID pandemic world, you're saying, hey, you know what? the experts are project, projecting the salary cap's going to go up 16 million in the next 4 years you take that 11 and a half million dollar gamble based on that information yeah no based on the info at the time i get it but again it's just, it's funny just to hear some of those comments without like pointing at the big number on the board you know sure. <laughs> when when we sort out player salaries and we sort it from highest at the top it's kind of a, you're on top bro but right uh, so and but let me let let's go back to what i was saying though sure is carlson wearing teal next october if you I've, if you had to bet on it jeez but uh, you got a crispy uh benjamin in your pocket just you know it's kind of offer on white or black you know but it's this is a binary choice man I would say I would say yes. He is a shark next year. Okay then, uh, Fiverr. <laughs> if you must, sure. All right, kids, write it down. Let me add that to the bet pool. All right, AJ says no EK in teal this October, but jerk says yay. All right, marked it down, Fiverr. We will get back to you on this in October. Well, no, probably sooner. Because <laughs> if he's gone, it'll happen. Uh, whatever. Uh, so, 
What do you think about the new Sharks so far? I know, I mean, you talk about small sample size, but Zetterlin, Johnson, Johnson, whatever, I don't care. Well, I, I think with Johnson, like I talked about, he's a good bottom six, like, kind of speed guy. <laughs> like you said, know. He's a good bottom speed, uh, bottom six speed guy. Okay, where is he playing? Top six. All right, cool. Exactly. Which just it's goes the, to point to the, the lack of players, but go ahead. Right. No, and and it's that it's that point that we've made where it's like, hey, like based on what you're capable of, you're doing a great job, but you're playing in a position that's higher than what you're capable of. So it's almost like a <laughs> what do what do we Schrodinger shark, right? <laughs> you know, where it's like call you're that. where like you're playing at your best and it's awesome, but it's not good enough for where you're playing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think with Fabian Zetterland, right? I mean, he's, to me, between Zetterland and Johnson, Zetterland is the one that I'm more intrigued to see. Obviously, Johnson, two assists in three games, that's solid. But pending UFA, who knows what's going to happen? Like I said, if he signed a one-year deal, cheap money, bottom six, I support it full send. Zetterland is going to be the interesting one to see. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's only 23 years old, and he I was having a good season in New Jersey before he got moved here. You know, he was on pace for... You know, you do some quick math. He was on pace for maybe around 38 points, which is, again, not terrible, you know, for being a young guy. I mean, 38 points would have him in the top, you know, top five on the Sharks. And so Zetterlin is a guy, I think, you know, three games in, no points, minus five. Obviously, initial reaction is like, oh, man, buddy, you got to do something. But <laughs> turn it up. I, I think he's got a lot of runway. And so I'm not too worried at this moment. All right. Um. I got another comment here. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. A pook guy, 14, uh, saying Carlson stays here if Bedard is here. I I disagree with that. I would still handicap that at 50-50. I don't know how you can do anything more or less, you know? I'm just I'm basing it on the comments that he's made. I, I feel like Bedard, while a proven commodity outside the NHL, has yet to prove fuck all, whereas, oh, Connor McDavid's just over here, like, potting 50 goals in 70 games. Probably looks pretty nice. You know, like, wait, I can feed Dreisaitl and McDavid all day long, and we can make that work? Sounds like a plan. Now, to be fair, the, the Sharks, if they, they have the option, right? Like, a lot of people are saying, many people are saying, EK has a full no move. So anything that's going to happen with him, he has to sign off on, right? Correct. So, but conversely, the Sharks can also be like, no, F you, I, we don't care that you want to leave. We're, we got you for four more years, Chief. Suck exactly. it up. Yeah, uh. exactly. And so there's, with something like that, you know, there has to be a give and take, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's, yes, you have the no move clause, but if you're, like you said, if you if the team doesn't want to give you up, well, they don't have to trade you. And then conversely, you know, if you have the full new move clause, but you don't want to be here, you know, Burns is a prime example. Bur- Carolina was not one of Burns approved teams, but he didn't want to be here. So he mm-hmm. took the deal to Dude. go wherever was not here. Chief read the tea leaves and said, get me the hell out of here. And right. credit to the Sharks for making it happen. Right, and I and I believe you know to, you know Burns's contract. It's one of those protections where it's like these are the three teams you can trade me to without my permission. And I think, of course, I think Burns was one of the guys who put 
his three yes teams were the three hardest teams to make a trade within the NHL, like Vegas, Tampa, and I think, you know, pick another Toronto. capped out team, Edmonton or Toronto, yeah. Ayo uh, um, saying, even if we get Bedard, I don't think he'll be NHL ready like McDavid. I don't know about that. As far as I know, like Bedard has better numbers at every level that he's been at than McDavid and Crosby. So, yeah, I mean, I think with something like that, it's it's and this is total cop out answer, but what else can you really say other than we'll see? Right? Yeah. Oh, dude, absolutely. Uh, putt guy, think of those foot passes Ek makes to Bedard and feeds Bordalo and scores. Sure. Who who's keeping the puck out of the shark's net? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I think, you know what, even if Kakinen doesn't work out, like having McAniemi and Strauss-Mann as options going forward, I I, I think... I don't hate those. You could be in worse position. I mean... As, <laughs> yeah, as, Elon as, could still be around. Right, and as Ian and Kevin would tell you, you know, the Barracuda have kind of had a hard time this year, but, you know, McAniemi and Mann are still solid goalie prospects to have on hand. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Like, that's the one, like, clear-cut good thing in... in we talk about hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. Right. When Mac and the Emmy came this way as part of the Burns deal, I was very much like, who? We, yeah. like, like, are we not log jammed enough at goalie? You know, Godro and Man and, uh, I mean, who else is in the goddamn pipeline? It seems like there's like five or six names. So yeah. I was I was a little quizzical on that. And then look at where we are that, hey, you know, it's Mac and, Mac and the Emmy kid. Not too shabby, so hopefully that yeah. that pans out. And and you know he's he's as a goalie, right? He's a goalie who notoriously oh. take longer to develop, and he's only twenty three. Yeah, and Dana pointing out Magnus Krona. Forgot about him. He's still this is final year in Denver, isn't it? Yeah, I'm 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 starting to wonder if it's trending towards similar to Thrun. You know, he will become a UFA on August fifteenth if he doesn't sign an ELC. I'm wondering if with Krona, that's where we're trending. Oh. Like I, Sucked, I, you dude, know, that's a solid name. A couple of us in the discord were wondering like, okay, like, is there an outside chance Krona gets dealt at the deadline, you know? Mm. And, and it's, and you know what it I mean? He's, you know, he's not a, you know, obviously he's not signed. He's still at college and, you know, just because the trade deadline passed doesn't mean there's still not time, you know, the on, let's see, when did the playoffs start? April sometime on April 7th, you know, the Sharks and the pick your non-playoff team capitals could swing a deal for Corona. You know what I mean? So there's still time. All right. Um, <laughs> I like big birds question is, uh, Hey, did you all see Hill play the other night? Damn. No, but you know who I did see play tonight? Jonathan quick. <laughs> got the win <laughs> barely, but yes, not the, not the best numbers, but Hey, it all comes down to the W column, baby. Uh, Let's let's uh, get out of here. Uh, poor Harrington, you know you got you got you part of the trade to New Jersey. I mean, just an insane thirty six hours ish for him. He's part of the trade with Timo. New Jersey immediately puts him on waivers, and then the next day Anaheim claims him. I mean, could you imagine flying from San Jose to New Jersey, then New Jersey to Anaheim? You went from a bad team in the Pacific to being part of a team that looks like they, they could do some real damage in the playoffs to going back to a really crappy team in the Pacific, all within the span of 36 hours. Meanwhile, two days earlier, you were playing next to Eric fucking Carlson. <laughs> I mean, just what an amazing couple of days. 
Well, and you know, I mean, you look you look at what Anaheim did on the trade deadline. I mean, they they traded away two of their regular defensemen, so you kind of you had to think that that was going to happen, you know. Yeah, but you get my point. Oh, <laughs> of course. Just... Yeah, I I just hope that he, you know, I hope that he didn't fly out to New Jersey and then have to immediately turn around. Oh, dude, I, there's no way in hell Nemestikov left the state of Florida. I, I no, I I think it was an open secret that Nemestnikov was going to get flipped. I wouldn't be surprised if Greer just said, "Hey, stick tight, stay, <laughs> you know, sit tight, and we'll let you know." Yeah. <laughs> oh, so through sixty-three games this season, the Sharks have forty-eight points. As I mentioned earlier, only six home wins out of 30, 33 games, I believe, at this point. Awesome. On now, on pace for <laughs> I reran the numbers on pace for sixty-two and a half points. They finished with 77 last year. There was Vegas had this team finishing. Their over-under was 77 and a half. Congrats to you who took the under. Way to to knock that out of the park. I'm telling you. One thing that we also haven't really talked about is goal differential by period. You look at it right now. Last time I ran the numbers, they're dash three in the first period. That's not horrible. You're going to win some games. In the second period, you're dash 15. That, that's, that's a little more of a kick in the smalls. <clears throat> in the third period, the San Jose Sharks are dash 29. Oh. So it's just like, if they don't have like a five-goal lead by the end of 20 minutes, fuck it. <laughs> you're not sure how this is going to roll out. So it's uh, tough to deal with. Uh, so the, the trade deadline around the NHO, are there any surprises for you? There's like... Is there a team that like nailed it and you're like, oh fuck, they just went right up to the the top of my uh, cup favorite ladder? Well, I I think with um, with were you surprised about the the quick ending up in like with the worst team in the in the NHL and then immediately getting flipped to the best team in the Pacific? No, not at all. (laughs) I bet you LA was. Well, it'll be really spicy if LA and Vegas end up meeting in the oh, playoffs. Dude, dude, how are we not rooting for that? Like, I'm, so right? I'm, dude, I'm praying for Edmonton to or, or Seattle to just go on a run here. Push, no, push LA and Vegas to two, three, so they have to face each other in the first round. I feel like every, I feel like every trade deadline season, there's always a handful of players who nobody knows that they're available, right? It's never taught all season. It's not talked about. It's not reported. You know, it kind of flies under the radar every season. There's always one. And then a guy gets traded. And it's like, shit, that guy was available. Well, and I meant to ask you, um, are you aware, um, if you can say yes or no, uh, are the Anaheim ducks aware that you can make moves? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, you should be asking that question to the Florida Panthers. They made zero trades this year. Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, they were too uh, bu- dude, they were too busy hosting the uh, the All-Star game. Right. Um you know, with the uh like I said with the trade deadline, you always have a guy who's a hero. Flies under the radar. Like you don't know he's available and and for me like that was uh Detroit trading away Philip Heronic, you know, good on them. I mean, shit, they got a first and I believe in a first and a second for him, which he's a good defenseman, but very obvious that they've got something cooking there, right? And you look at Vancouver, and it's just like, what the hell are you doing? You know what I mean, um, I, dude. You think about the talent on the on this team at one point, right? Brock Besser, J.T. Miller, uh, who, Bo who was, Horvat, yeah, Bo Horvat, plus P. 
Peterson, Patterson, what I don't give a shit. Hughes. I mean, if Demko's gone, how are they not? And how is Pedersen not saying, get me the hell out of here? Right. Well, Oof. I, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm just looking right now. Like, I think it's hard to like everything that Boston did, even leading up to the deadline. It's hard to argue with what they've built. I mean, they're they're the team to beat. I don't think it's sideways to say that. Um, I just I don't understand. Dude, like two years ago, you both you and I were like, like, dude, Vancouver can make some noise, dude. Yeah, I, I just, well, everything I don't went to shit for Dude, them. Dude, Murphy's Law of a team. Like, yeah. like San Jose, we saw this coming. Right. <laughs> Vancouver, I didn't have a clue. They still haven't seen it coming. Dude, they're literally <laughs> Dude, they're literally getting dragged across, you know, they're getting dragged down the street by the car that's run them over and they're still like, "Oh, we're right there." <laughs> you know? You're, um, no, you're right. No, you know, I think it's hard to argue against the uh the Boston Bruins, it, I think the way what the Rangers did, bringing in Kane, bringing in Tarasenko, it's hard to sleep on that. You know, just from a buyer's perspective, and and Minnesota Wild as well. I mean, you talk about weaponizing their cap space. You know, they they act as the broker for the Ryan O'Reilly deal, right? That pick, that exact pick they got, excuse me, that exact pick they got got them uh, Gus Nyquist, mm-hmm. and then they act as the broker for the Dmitry Orlov deal. That pick. Uh, that pick helps them add, I believe it helps them add Oscar Sundqvist. So, or no, I'm sorry, John Klingberg, it helps them add. So you talk about weaponizing your cap space. Bill Guerin brokered two deals and his his cookie for doing that helped him add to his team. Like that is A plus management style. You know, I, I thought that was incredible for, you know, um, you know, for the, for the buyers, you know, Minnesota Rangers, Bruins, as I said, the sellers, I, I mean, Nashville and St. Louis specific. I mean, shit, dude. You look at Nashville. David Poyle quit. He's like, you know what? I've loved it. I'm done. And my parting gift to you is two firsts and three seconds and a bunch of mid round picks. Like, oh, dude, dude. I think, hell uh, of a maneuver. And Cal Foot, which everybody is sleeping on. I think. And, uh, well, wait a minute, Poyle. Don't we have a? We have a clip of him uh, heading out. Here we go. Fuck, man. Thank you, guys. Dude, I'm I'm gonna go to that well so often. <laughs> I I mean I've like it's kind of crazy. Like you just like 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 I said, guy quits and then he's like, you know what? Here's my parting gift, and it's actually like good for the team. And and same thing like Capitals, like you know Capitals, they they pick up a first for Orlov and then they turn around and take a chance on Rasmus Sandin. I like that gamble. Like mm-hmm. you know, again, we're talking sellers now. Capitals. Um, and you know, Predators at St. Louis, even St. Louis Blues, they have three first round picks, and all indications are that they want to be in the playoff hunt next year. You well, know, too, they went after Timo. Right, and Jacob Chikrin. And so you know that St. Louis summertime or even, you know, at some point before this coming draft, they there's no way they're not gonna have things cooking. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's gonna be fun. So who's uh, it's an arms race. Everybody's gonna especially in the Eastern Conference, dude. Yeah, I like say, I don't even everybody... care about the West. Like I want to watch the East, honestly, <laughs> well, dude. And so everybody's gunning for Boston. Who do you think improved themselves the most outside of Boston? Uh, yeah, I think Boston's okay. <laughs> They're gonna be fine. It improved themselves the most. I would. I mean, it's like, like you really said, it's geared up. It's such an arms race. I is mean, it Jersey is it the Rangers? 
Is it, it Carolina? I think it's all three of them. <laughs> like, I honestly they're, think... They're, they're going to be like that uh, that Spider-Man meme. All three yeah, of them are dude, pointing at I, each other all to face Boston. I mean, you look at Boston, they brought in Orloff. They brought in uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Reno spent two first-round picks for both those guys. No problem whatsoever. But, like, the Rangers, Tarasenko and Kane, the Devils brought in Timo Meyer. I thought the Devils were going to bring in another guy, to be honest with you. The Hurricanes, you know, they brought in Shane Goss to spare, who's revived his career uh, playing in Arizona. Not many guys can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought in Jesse Pugliarvi, which I thought was a sneaky little gamble to make Dude, there. Dude, yeah, that was a, a crispy little piece of business. Yeah, you know, and and Pittsburgh, I like, I generally like the moves Pittsburgh makes, but I just, I don't think it's enough. And then obviously, so you mentioned Carolina, New Jersey, New York, Boston, obviously, Toronto Maple Leafs. Like against my better judgment, oh. I'm against my better judgment. I'm gonna say I like the Maple Leafs. I think they, what they've done to their team, like the two weeks leading up to the deadline, like they look really good. And obviously, Tampa do enough. I, compared to the other teams, they obviously didn't do as much as everybody else, but I'm not totally sure that they needed to, you know? I mean, championship blood over there. Right. I mean, I, I think ideally if they had the assets to make it happen, I think they would have preferred uh, another defenseman. Oh, they but, couldn't get Barkley good real back? <laughs> but, you know, they like like this year, like Tampa doesn't pick until the sixth round, you know? But, oh, but here's the, but here's Yeah, the but thing. you know what? If, they got two shiny things that made it all worth it. Well, and, and you know what? If they go to the Stanley Cup final for the fourth year in a row, I don't think they care all that much. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> you know how much extra green backs oh, that's bringing into your org? That scratch is feeling pretty nice right now. Yeah, but no, I, I like, you know, like I said, Toronto, I mean, you look at Toronto's cap friendly, you know, I think for Toronto and even for Boston too, but specifically for Toronto, this is this is a last dance kind of situation, I think. Like... You know, Kyle Dubas is in the last year of his deal. Pretty much everybody on their team that's not one of the big four forwards is going to be a UFA. Like, mm. all the chips are in. You know what I mean? And I like what Toronto's done. And, you know, liking what they've done, that doesn't mean they're going to get out of the first round. But I think of all the years that they've had an opportunity to do so, I think this is the, the one of their best chances. Dude, they have to. They, they have to. They and, have to at least And you know what? They're going to play Tampa, which is not to, easy. they got to win one round. One fucking round for this Dude, team. And and here's the thing. People bitch about the Sharks and everything that they've been going through. You know Toronto has not been out of the first round in 19 years. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, and, and, Dude, you know, and I'm, I'm, their... I'm, I'm old. Tampa okay. Bay is no easy task okay, either. But you know what I mean? I, I'm old. Yes. And... Toronto. The last time Toronto won a cup was even before I was born. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, it's been it's, a minute. It's been a minute. Um, Batman held a media call earlier this week. I don't know how this fell into the fray or why anybody brought this up, but he said the NHL is happy with the playoff format. I, I'm I'm not. I would like to go back to one through eight, uh, but I get it. It's, I I think there are other things that need to be addressed before we look at going back to one through eight. But he said, we need to work out spacing for the regular season games, particularly between rivals like Edmonton and Calgary, New York Rangers versus Islanders. Those series can't be done when it's January 1st on the calendar. And we're, you know, halfway through the season. So I went through the Sharks divisional schedule. 
They played Anaheim four times this season, and that series, sort of, you know, those four divisional matchups, they were all done by game 40. So you don't see the Ducks for the second half of the season. Edmonton, they didn't. They don't see Edmonton until January 13th. So half the season is over before you even see one of the teams. And then to L.A., they were done by game 43. The rest of them are, are relatively well spread out. You've got Vancouver in October, or I'm sorry, Vegas, October, November, February, March. It's spread out pretty well. But the, the fix is so easy. You fix the schedule by going home and away versus everyone outside your division. That's 48 games. And then you play your divisional f- opponents five times, which is 35. That makes an 83-game schedule. You add one game. Take away one preseason game. Nobody cares wants to go to those anyway. It adds one game, and it gives the ability to win a series. Right. You know, just similar to uh, baseball. So it gives you that ability. It gives you the ability to lighten travel because you could schedule the same matchups back to back. You could have it where it's obviously going to rotate if it's five games. There's going to be three three games at and two games hosting or vice versa. But it's so simple. Like you set up a week. How, how awesome is travel for this? You have a, a six-game road trip. And you know what it is? It's three games at Edmonton, three games at Calgary, and you're back. How brilliant is that? I mean, I think more than anything, taking the load off in terms of travel would be really attractive. Yeah, like how does the NHLPA not just sit there and bang on Bettman's door going, yeah, this, (laughs) let's do this. So I, I just, you know, I mean, again, the Sharks could play three straight at Edmonton, or, and then two straight versus Calgary or whatever on a five-game road trip. Either way, and then the brilliant thing about this from the San Jose perspective, of course, is that if you could do these these little five- or six-game road trips where you play Seattle three times in a week, and then the next two games are at Vancouver, you know, pretty short hop. Same thing, like I said, Calgary, Edmonton. What about L.A. and Anaheim? Or L.A. Vegas. So easy to fix this. But, yeah. but you know, help us help you. You got to want to do it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to that other team real quick and check in. Ooh, Barracuda. All right, these fucking guys. I'm kidding. Uh, what did they do? One, one, and one this week? Oh, it started off interesting. An overtime loss at Coachella. Griscola, Bordalo, VL score. Dell stops 40 of 44. Again, uh, eh, hey, at least you pick up a point. Then you get a win at home versus Ontario. Agazino with two goals, including the game winner. That's a guy, you know, the, the Sharks picked up Agazino before this season. He's only just, like, led the Barracuda almost the entire season. He's the captain. He's a guy that I, to be honest, I feel like should get some sort of reward, like play the last five games with the Sharks or something. You know, give him some sort of cookie. Uh, the the Cuda potted two shorties while recently uh, signed and waived. Pouliot picked up two helpers, as did VL. Then uh, the, the the Coachella 
fire chickens. These these guys seem to have been a thorn in the side of San Jose all season long. The Cuda pick up a 5-4 loss, but Boards does get two helpers and man stops 33 of 38. Not his best outing. So Cuda are eighth in the Pactive looking. Actually, I believe they've fallen to ninth now. So outside looking in on the playoffs, maybe another reason why it was pretty easy to call up Eklund because Barracuda are trending down and they are simply running out of time to get back into it. So Kudu um, had uh, three this week along with 80s night, which was uh, based on the photos, pretty fun. Uh, what what do they got going this week? Well, geez, is anybody paying attention? Come on. These, these tickets are, are so, are so cheap. You got to go. And, and they're a lot of fun. So this week it's, the uh, a, another another game <laughs> versus Ontario. So yeah, even the travel schedule for the AHL could be could be fixed a little bit. But at Ontario, they're gonna they're gonna start a three game roadie. So at Ontario, then next Friday and Saturday, it's a pair versus Bakersfield in the city of Condors. So there you go. They'll return for a three game set the following week, and I'm sure there's gonna be a fun promotion in there. Agazino pretty much leads like every stat. So again, I think they should give them a look. Let's move on to one of your favorite segments and mine. Tweet, Tweet of the week. I brought it back. Were you happy? Were you, you waited two and a half hours for that, didn't you? Somebody posted this graphic and I love it. <laughs> you lucky fuck. Jonathan Quick gets... Moved to Columbus and almost immediately is flipped to Vegas, effectively ending and avoiding living in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody was. I have two words for you. Jim Jordan. Nobody wants to live there. So uh, coming up this week for the Sharks, they, uh, what, is it three or four? I thought it was four this week. This week they've got... Four, Winnipeg yeah. Winnipeg on Monday, Colorado Tuesday, St. Louis Thursday, Minnesota Saturday. All right. So, oh, I see the way that I wrote this. So, a three-game roadie. Yeah. Winnipeg, Colorado the following night. Another matchup against St. Louis. I'm sure that'll be fun. And then next Saturday, hosting Minnesota. What, what's the uh, what's the pro, what's what's the uh, special promo for that? There's always got a – they have the women in teal – and so, what is it? It's, uh, what do you got there? It's celebration of South Asian culture there, pal. So, that should be cool. The following week, Pride. And then, uh, we still haven't figured out what the hell Y2K night is, but I'm dying to find out. Uh, <laughs> so, what are, you, what are you thinking this week? Oh, three and one? Mm, With any luck? I think, oh, geez. I think they're going to get a win somewhere in here. I don't know against that would, who. That would be like but, like going one and eleven. Yeah, I don't I don't know who, but I think they'll I think they'll get a win. I think they can catch one of these teams sleeping, but I'm not overly confident they'll get more than one. I was gonna say I don't see it coming against Colorado. Uh we all witnessed what just happened in St. Louis. I mean maybe they can try to catch Winnipeg napping, but I don't think so. I again I'm I'm going like oh three and one on this. On the prediction meter. Remember, following each one of those games, we're going to have our post-game after dark show going with Puck Guy, Ian, Landy, Dana, Mark, some sort of uh, combination of that group. 
On Twitter, you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. And remember to subscribe to this YouTube channel while you're here and leave your take in the comment section of the video if you were not able to join us live. And remember, you can find links to all of our social media and podcast apps and more included in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening on them. And you can get everything on tealtownusa.com. If you want to join the Discord, where the party never sleeps, never stops, never ends, hit up Hockey Jerk on the Twitter machine or via the Jerk email if you don't have access to the Twitter machine. The Jerk email, of course, being HockeyJerk10 at gmail.com. So, final looks here, man. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you looking forward to this week? Just... Uh, Eklund setting the world on fire. I mean, I don't want to set the world on fire because I'm looting for losses, goddammit. But uh, what, are you, what, are you, what are you looking for? Like cacking into, uh, I don't know, break 915 in a game? or <laughs> Reimer to, to make his way back to the front of the plane? I mean, what's up? I You know, I hate to say it. but Say it, baby, say it. I'm really looking forward to like the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, just because it's game like, eighty-two. <laughs> like, because we, because we know, or I don't want to say we know, but we have a we have a vague idea of what the roadmap is, at least for the short term. I I, I just want to get on the road. You know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah, we good God, like, how many more of these do we have to do before the season? Ends? Like, I like I want to see. You know, this season is. Lo- I mean, this season has been lost pretty much since jump. So I want to see. The you know I want to see the draft I want to see unrestricted free agency period and I want to I want to see what this team looks like in September and say okay is this another hard year like we think it's going to be or is this the year where maybe the Sharks can you know maybe they miss the playoffs but they give people something to think about you know yeah I okay can I can I can I try to give you a little buzz perk you I mean, up I mean it's our network you can say whatever you want all right <laughs> we we only have six more of these to do before the end of the season. So they say, and you know what? So they say, what are you trying to say? You're going to tap out early, make Ian jump in? What's up? Well, I, I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it because it's nobody's business, but there, <laughs> there is an outside chance that one of those six shows I might not be available for. Oh, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. You know what? One of those six shows, I might not be available. How do you think about that? <laughs> I think if that happens, I think we just, <laughs> Um, roll it to the next week, baby. Yeah, I, <laughs> four hour that... follow up. <laughs> oh gosh, no, I I think we just four hour show, I baby. Think, I think you just get all the after darks from that week and clip them all together. <laughs> Do you hear that, Eric? Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, for me, nineteen games left. They can't they can't come any quicker. Just get this over with already. Uh, but look, take take the silver linings where you can find them. It's real easy to get tickets to Sharks games right now. Hell yeah. So if you want to go uh, take in some, some fun. And uh, look, th- the Sharks might not be exciting to watch right now as a Sharks fan. But you know what I can tell you is, uh, well, between now and the end of the uh, end of this season, you know who's coming to town. Little fellow by the name of Connor McDavid, he's he's coming to San Jose in April, and by then maybe a man, uh, Evander Kane will be back on the team, or playing with the team, whatever the hell injury he's got now. 
you got the Stanley Cup champions coming in for back-to-backs. You have the always-hated Vegas Golden Knights. Is uh, is Dylan still with, with the Jets? Brendan still there? Yeah, both uh, Dylans are there. Man, Brendan oh, Dylan DeMello and Dylan still? Nice. Yeah, they're, it's actually kind of a fun oh, thing. Thought, they're they're, they're a pairing. They're a pairing in Winnipeg. Oh, dude, that's so perfect. So you got the Dillons coming to town. Uh, any reason to get excited about the Islanders? Oh, your man, Barzal. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, you're not as happy as you used to be. Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's another team the Sharks could potentially lose to. We don't have a problem with that this year. No, I know. That's what no. I'm saying. That's what, you, that's what you're looking forward to. Yeah, that's to. what you're there for. Uh, Seattle. Uh, the, as far as I know, the Sharks have only beaten them once at SAP. So I feel like they've only beaten them once ever. The yeah, it does feel like that. Uh, <laughs> Columbus, of course. That's if anything, that's the one that you're really rooting for the uh, for the for the Blue Jackets to beat the crap out of the out of the Sharks. And then you know you have Minnesota. What any ties there? Anybody to worth Minnesota? well? Anybody worth watching? Like, is there a reason to see the well, Wild come to uh, SAP next week? Uh, next, I would, you know, if it was maybe towards the end of the season, I would say, oh, it you is know, towards Minis- the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> well, Minnesota, you know, Minnesota picked up, like I said, they at the deadline they picked up Gus Nyquist, but he's injured. So, uh, so basically, again, like we said at the top of the Jake show, Jake Middleton everybody- returns. Oh, Middleton, there you go, good call out. Uh, so what we're saying here, embrace the suck, people. Support yeah. the suckiness of the Sharks over these just, last, uh, what is that, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine home games. Just Emb- try to have a good time. Yeah, just have a good time. Don't be a dick. Just sit there, and every time the uh, Sharks cough up a lead and lose a game, just think to yourself, this much closer to getting 25% odds on Connor Bedard. That's it. Just soak up that feeling, embrace it, bathe in it. And if it all works out, hey, in a couple years from now, we're all going to laugh about this time and go, oh, remember how we were all like just, oh my God, this team sucks so bad. But look, we've got Connor fucking Bedard now, bitches. What up? (laughs) So I I, I do have one more question for you as we close out here. Say Say it, baby, baby, say say it. it. (laughs) I'm going to turn that off now. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm, I'm, and, and in, in case anybody forgot or was curious, who knows if they were or not. Fuck uh, the the module is still a thing. Module. I'm, I'm curious to know. Do you think like is Timo Meyer not on the Sharks anymore? <laughs> I was gonna say Timo Meyer. He's gonna be at the top. <laughs> he is at the top by a lot. Do we think Timo Meyer? And, and we're talking module score here. Timo Meyer's at 97. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Carlson's at 60, Logan Couture at 54, uh, Hurdle at 41, Barabanov 38, Nico Sturm 31. Did you say Timo was at 97? Correct, I did, because I'll tell you why. Because So with the Sharks, Timo had 31 goals. Were like 20 of them game winners? 9, 10, 11, 12. Well, 12 of them were on the power play, which gooses the number. Oh, yeah. And one, two, three, four, four of them were game winners. So, yeah, Meyer at 97, and then number two is Eric Carlson at 60. Uh, Couture Couture 54, Hurdle 41, Barbonov 38, uh, Nico Sturm 31, LeBanc 28. So do we think, is there an outside chance that somebody catches Timo Meyer now that he's not on the team? Not even close. 
yeah, I would say, I mean, unless like the only scenario I see it happening, dude, it, Carlson is almost in a 30 is like a 30 point hole with 19 left. Not even close. Well, I was going to say Carlson would have to get like <laughs> Carlson would have to get like seven to 10 more goals with the majority of them being on the power play. Yeah. And doesn't uh, Carlson still needs what? Like 20 more points in the last 19 games to hit a hundred. Uh yeah, I believe he's I believe he's at eighty right now. Remember remember two months ago when people were talking one twenty as being a possibility? And now it's kind of like will he hit one hundred? I mean dude, here's the thing though. So he's got eighty points right now in sixty three games. He's still on pace for a hundred and four. And and you know what? Right now, I might again, if I'm a bet betting guy, which I've clearly proven I am, uh I would I would bet that he doesn't hit a hundred. Simply because Timo Meyer's not on this team anymore. It's a fair point, right? Like when you get rid of some pieces, makes you wonder. So, well, that's that's one to see what happens. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have to uh, put a five around that next week. Who knows? Any uh, is there anything about the uh, anything about the module that has you curious? Nah, nah, I'm good. What if what if I told you? The only thing I'm curious about is why you're mispronouncing it. Anyway, well, <laughs> Montuel. There you go. Um, what if I told you? Oh, tell that, me. Tell me. What if I told you that uh, zero of Barabanov's thirteen goals are low value? What if I told you that? Oh, I would completely believe it. <laughs> Chief shows up, man. Yeah, and and you know he's. I mean, he's got he's got three goals less than Hurdle and. They're very Man. close in module score, you know. And how many three goals less? And I wonder if Barab uh, Barabanov has scored on more man nets this year than Hurdle. Uh, Barabanov. <laughs> I mean, they've both. Uh, Hurdle's got one empty net goal. Barabanov's got zero. So uh, there you go. There you go. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us on this uh, beautiful Sunday. Remember, next week you might have to adjust your clocks because it is the time change. So make sure you join Ooh. us. At, oh, I love it. More time, more daylight. I like the uh, I like the other time change. Oh, oh, because you get an hour instead of losing one? Yeah. Oh, no. See, I I don't mind the spring forward time change just because more sunlight, baby. Give me my vitamin D, we're all good. That's fair. And uh let's be honest, it just means one step closer to ending this fucking miserable season. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. All right then. To be foul. Uh, thank you guys for joining us so much. We'll catch you guys next Sunday. Remember to check out all the After Dark cast following every game this week and us next Sunday. Hit up Jerk for the Discord because that's where we're going now. Good night, everybody. <laughs>